Hello, and welcome to another episode of the SIRS Group Podcast. I am Barbara. And I'm JC. And today, we are going to talk about diagnosis. Oh, yeah. This is the <laughs> first phase of the Shoemaker Protocol. So we all know the Shoemaker Protocol is the only clinically proven path to healing from SIRS. And there are 12 steps to the protocol, and they're broken down into different phases. And the first phase is getting diagnosed. And we have done this episode before, but today we are talking about why, why you need to do these steps. Very important. And uh, this will be part of a series where we will cover all of the phases. So tune in next time for more. That'll be fun. Yeah. Next time is foundations. I'm excited. Yeah. They sound boring, but I swear we'll we'll do our best to make them interesting. We could rename the phases. We could. That yeah. wouldn't be confusing at all. <laughs> yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> I was thinking of like Power Ranger bad guy names too. Ooh. So that would no it would no one would understand that. It's just us. Just all us. right. Moving on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so step one to the diagnosis phase and step one to the shoemaker protocol is the symptom clusters. So there are 37 individual symptoms associated with SIRS and they are arranged into 13 symptom clusters. If you have eight of the 13 symptom clusters, meaning you have at least one symptom in the cluster that would count towards your total symptom cluster count, you very likely have SIRS. Please let's make Let's make the diagnosis process as freaking complicated as possible for people who have brain fog and difficulty concentrating. It's my favorite part of this illness, I have to say. The the irony is fantastic. And also, um, to add to what you just said, if you are a child uh, or if you are a parent of a child, that child would just need to have six of those 13 uh, clusters. And if you have eight of the 13 symptom clusters, and we've talked about this before, but if you have like six or seven of the symptom clusters, that might just be you not connecting to whatever the specific word in the symptom cluster is. Like, I think a common one people think of vertigo as being this really specific manifestation where the room is spinning and you're like in the fetal position on the floor, but vertigo can also be you stand up and you feel woozy. So (laughs) it may just be like, you're not fully connecting with that symptom. If you have six or seven, I would still move to the next step, quite honestly. And I think we can both say we've seen that time and time again. Yeah, absolutely. And agreed. And so the next step beyond once you have confirmed those uh, symptom clusters and you are pretty sure you have SIRS, and by the way, you can be pretty sure you have SIRS after you do the cluster part, is the vision test, vcstest.com. And we'll have that link in the show notes. Yes. So the visual contrast sensitivity test or VCS test uh, measures your ability to see blurred lines. So biotoxins and biotoxins are relevant here because the whole thing with SIRS is that you're genetically predisposed to being really bad at eliminating a biotoxin and then you encounter that biotoxin. And biotoxins have two two different impacts on SIRS people and their ability to see blurred lines specifically. One is that the biotoxins have a direct impact on your nerve function. And then two is the built up chronic inflammation from the presence of that biotoxin that your body is not able to eliminate actually clogs up the tiny capillaries in the back of your eye. So over time, you lose the ability to see blurred lines. For people with SIRS, when they do the VCS test, if you fail fail it, you have SIRS. If you pass it, you might still have SIRS, 
you might be someone who you have a background in art or some, uh, another one is sports, like anything where you would be able, you would have to be able to differentiate colors or um, like objects in midair are good examples of things that might make you pass the VCS test, even if you do have SIRS. Right. And um, one should note that if you are doing the VCS test, you'll notice that the website will request a $15 donation. If you are pretty sure you have SIRS, it might be a good idea to actually buy one of the packs of tests rather than just one, uh, or even the unlimited. I'm at this point also considering purchasing the unlimited pass. I think it's $150, at least as of the time of this recording. Um, but the reason for that is you can actually retest yourself, not only throughout the protocol to ensure that the protocol is working when you do start treatment, but also throughout the rest of your life, you can continue. If you're starting to feel symptoms, maybe you're, you just traveled and you're not sure if you got uh, exposed to some kind of biotoxin, you can take the VCS test almost as a, um, as a way to, to be sure, oh yes, my symptoms are real and this is kind of SIRS kicking itself back up again in my body. I better get back on binders. I better call my doctor. So in general, the, the VCS test, get comfortable with it, folks, I guess is my point because you'll be taking it quite a few times. Yeah. And if you buy the pack or the unlimited, it saves your settings. So the first part of the test you have to calibrate, which is every, like everyone complains about that part. It is yes. difficult, but it's manageable. Um, but if you don't skip it, the $15 fee, and you buy the pack or you pay the $15 every time, it saves the settings. And that is yes. worth the $15 to me. Absolutely. Totally <laughs> agree. So the last step to diagnosis is getting the blood work. And the blood work for SIRS is there's two parts to it. The first part is testing your genetic haplotype. So identifying the haplotypes that make you genetically predisposed to being really bad at eliminating a biotoxin. It also identifies the related biotoxins to that haplotype. So some people might be more sensitive to mold or Lyme, or they'll have the uh, dread pirate Roberts <laughs> um, gene of the multi-susceptible. Like there's a bunch of different ones, but it'll help you identify those. And then the second part of the blood work is testing for your innate immune response. So the unique thing about SIRS is that your body is unable to eliminate the biotoxin because it doesn't recognize that it needs to pass off to the adaptive immune system. And the adaptive, the adaptive immune system would produce the antibodies that would help you eliminate the biotoxin. So it's not looking for typical inflammatory markers and it's not looking for typical autoimmune blood markers. These are very specific to the innate immune system. It's things like MMP9, MSH, TGF beta one, C3A, C4A, VEGF. Those are like the standard hallmark SIRS blood markers. There's going to be some other stuff in there like uh, CRP, cortisol, leptin, testosterone, ADH, osmolality. I feel like I got them all. I feel like if there's a SIRS bingo card. The, and like, I think every letter of the alphabet is used. Yes. I mean, I'm not sure, but it feel like it's the full, the full thing. That, I definitely uh, just want tested. Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> but those yes. blood markers will help to both di officially diagnose you with SIRS from a SIRS practitioner, but also it kind of establishes how you're going to be treated moving forward. 
So as we go along the Shoemaker protocol, we'll talk about this. Some of the steps are necessary, like removing yourself from exposure, taking the biotoxin binders and doing VIP spray. But some of the steps are completely dependent upon your blood work and your symptoms. So even though there's 12 steps, a lot of people end up skipping a bunch. Yeah. Like, for example, I know some of my numbers weren't too bad when I got my blood work done. And that was great news. That meant that those particular steps I would be able to skip when the time came during the protocol. So uh, it is good to get a baseline. And generally speaking, you could probably take get fewer blood markers tested if you are just looking for that confirmation that yes, you have SIRS, like the genetic haplotype is a definite. And then a couple of those uh, markers uh, that you already mentioned would be good. But really, once you actually start working with a healthcare um, practitioner who is certified in the Shoemaker protocol, they're going to probably want to test everything to get a nice solid baseline across the board. And again, like you just said, inform how your treatment is going to go going forward. So it can feel like a lot. There's a lot of vials that get collected when you go to the lab to get this blood work done, but it is um, purposeful. And I think most people who end up getting the full test done in the beginning are happy they did because you will get blood work repeatedly. Get used to that. That's another thing, uh, the fun thing with SIRS. Um, you'll continue to get tested as the months go by to kind of track your progress in addition, of course, to how you're feeling and your symptoms. And uh, your doctor will use that to determine when you're ready to move on to the next step or whether to adjust anything or add anything to your treatment. Absolutely. And another thing there is I, I hate getting my blood drawn. Um, I've told Barbara this. I'm just going to tell the internet this. Uh, when I was really bad with my autoimmune condition, they tried to like put a, some sort of chemical in my hand to uh, light up my eyes so that they could take pictures of the back of my eye. And I literally like passed out and peed my pants. Like I do not handle needles well at all. Very thankfully, the first time you get your SARS blood work done, it's going to be the most you ever do because after they get the genetic blood draw, you don't have to do that one again. True. I am. I have to say, I am so thankful. I don't know what it is, but I, when I get my blood drawn, I watch. I actually like, it's not like, I know, I, we won't talk about it too much. I'm sorry. I already know because my boyfriend's exactly the same way. I can't even say that phrase. And he does that exact same look on his face. Like, nope, that's a nope. Uh, I'm thankful that I am okay with it. I'll just leave it at that. Generally speaking, the only the only labs that you can go to is either LabCorp or Quest. And the only thing to keep in mind is that wherever you start going, you should continue to go because they're going to have their slight variations on how they do the tests. And you don't want your numbers to go up or down artificially just because you're going to a different lab. You can go to different locations within that same company, but you you want to stick with one particular company. I did not do this, unfortunately. I learned this too late. So my first tests were at a LabCorp and then my more, more recent tests have been at Quest. Um, and that's just because Quest is what my insurance covers. So uh, you know, it's it's not the end of the world if you mess up. I messed up, but it is something to keep in mind. And certain practitioners prefer certain tests too. So it kind of depends on where you start. It Like Barbara said, if you're just trying to get that initial blood work done to confirm your diagnosis, you can get that through. Uh, we got ours through Nutrition with Judy. She has the mini SIRS panel and the full SIRS panel. If you do the mini, it's going to confirm SIRS for you. And then if you do the full, 
um, your provider might not take all those values depending on if they prefer LabCorp or Quest. So it's just something to keep in mind. Um, personally, if I were to do it all again, I would probably get the mini just to confirm my diagnosis. And then I would go to my SERS provider and see if they wanted specific labs drawn from somewhere else, just so I didn't get the full. And then they were like, well, I can't use any of this information. So that's probably how I would play it. Well, for, for me, I got the full blood work done through Judy, not the mini one. And I'm glad that I did that because I do like that whole baseline uh, of, of knowledge of all my markers. So yeah, that's how you get diagnosed with SERS, guys. Congratulations. Welcome to the SERS fam. Yeah, join the club. It's a good time. You can literally join the club by going to the com. We have a support community there full of awesome people who are like, seriously, I feel like when you have SIRS and you meet someone who has SIRS, it's instant family because yeah. it's like finally someone gets it. Yep. Even if your SIRS manifests in completely different ways than theirs does, it doesn't matter. There are always enough overlaps. It's It's weird, but we get it. It's it's that that uh, that struggle that we've all been, we've all seen multiple doctors, all of us. Every single one of us has seen multiple specialists over the course of our life, wasting precious time and money and resources to see these people and to not get better. Um, that is one heck of a unifying uh, struggle. And uh, thankfully, we all have the answer now. So it's like a hopeful struggle. It's like, okay, we're still struggling, but there's hope. So I'm, I'm glad. Uh, yeah, I, I love the group. I'm so glad we have such fantastic members too. Like so knowledgeable, some people who are all already gone through the, the healing. Um, some people who haven't even started, it's just like a really good mix of people, um, all trying to get better. So it's good stuff. I might be biased, but I do think it's the best. I mean, Agreed. <laughs> so uh, yes, go to thesersgroup.com to join or to check that out. Um, otherwise, we will see you next time for phase two. See you then.